0: everyone it is Eric Plactela coming at you with the third episode of Sportball Talk as always Sportball Talk brought to you by Eeni Sports Club you can check them out at eeniesportsclub.com where you can find all the podcasts of Sportball Talk this is our fourth overall podcast only episode 3 cuz we had a pilot episode but you can check them all out at eNesportsClub.com. as we always do we'll start with some really quick hits over the weekend there were some All-Star games I don't really care. None of them mattered. We're not going to cover them. I have more dignity than that. The real real news story, since the NHL and the NFL were off, came from the NBA, where if you are on Reddit, you've already seen this video. A dude was able to get onto the court during the Pelican shoot-around and warm-up and actually stay out there for about 30 seconds before anyone noticed and security got him off the court. I will put the video in the description, but it is hilarious. The dude goes out there. He's got the full jumpsuit going. He's got his hood up. He's like kicking his legs around. No one can tell. Somebody actually gives him a ball to take a shot. It is it is fantastic. The security guard with his blonde mustache was not very happy when he escorted him back to his front front row seat, his courtside seat, but it was it was a pretty good video. So that that is the most news really that came out of anywhere this week. So what we're actually going to talk about today as our main topic is the NFL and how it needs to listen to its fans and adapt quicker. And we're going to give some examples of some things that happened over the last week with the NFL and how they're sort of moving in the right direction, but slowly, and how they're not moving in the right direction, and they're still just garbage as a league when it comes to the fans and what the fans want. So we'll start with an interview that Roger Goodell did with Colin Cowherd on The Herd. Uh, I believe it was Monday. He said they were looking at the infamous NFL catch rule. So over the past few years, we've actually over more than the past few years, about five or six years now, we've seen this rule come up over and over again. The first time that I can really, there was, there's two examples I remember from the past pretty distinctly. One was Calvin Benjamin catching and then going out of bounds and he's like caught it and he's gone out of bounds. But as he's Like, right at the end of him falling, he drops the ball. And there's another one where Des Bryant catches the ball in one hand, and he goes to put the ball, that hand down with the ball in it, to stabilize himself from falling. And the ball moves as he's going to the ground, even though he's caught it, put his feet down, pretty much is running at that point. And both of those catches were called incomplete, even though they were catches. And then most recently this year, there was a play with Jesse James in the Steelers' Patriots game where at the end of the game he caught the ball, turned around, started running, stretched for the goal line, and in the act of stretching for the goal line he dropped the ball. And this was also caught, called an incomplete pass. So Roger Goodell said he wanted to push the league to look at this year, look at it this year. I know the NFL competition committee meets soon, so hopefully they're hoping to get the whole, there's no timeline, but they're hoping to get the rule changed before the start of the next season. Which is great. I mean, they should get that rule changed. It's been a crappy rule, and it needs to be changed. But the reasoning that Goodell gave, and I'm going to quote the article from ESPN, was that an operating theory, Goodell said, will be the idea that fans want catches. And this is what bothers me most about this. He doesn't understand what the fan. The fans don't want catches. The fans don't need catches. The fans want to understand what's happening and they want simple rules that make sense. This rule makes no fucking sense. I think the worst one is that Jesse James played. Because the dude catches the ball, turns, and is basically running. He's a runner at that point. When he gets to the end zone, he's fumbling. The rule itself, and how, like making a football move, none of that shit makes sense. They need a clear rule so fans can say, Hey, I understand what's happening. I understand why this is a catch. The rule as it is right now makes no sense, and it just doesn't make. If you're a fan, you're like, I don't know if that's a catch. Every time there's a there's a catch in the end zone, you have to hold your breath because you know there's going to be like a 25 minute replay trying to figure out if the ball was a fucking catch or not, and that's stupid. It slows down the game. I understand they need some delimiter for refs to say, okay, this is a catch and this isn't, but this is not the way to do it. This is a this is like the tuck rule. The tuck rule was dumb. And this is ju- and it's gone now, thankfully, and this is just as dumb. So props to the NFL for figuring out that they need to change the rule. Not props to the NFL for not understanding why they should be changing the rule because they need to have an understandable game that fans want to watch. Also no props to the NFL for taking so fucking long to get this rule changed. If they even change it. There's a possibility that this doesn't get changed this year, which would be a travesty. So that will lead into kind of our next topic, which I already talked about, which is replays. So I'm going to give you a little background of kind of what happened this week and why. This is your chance, NFL. I know you're listening, Roger Goodell. I know you listen to this podcast every day. It's your favorite podcast. But don't wait five years like you did with the catch rule to change it. Change this now. And that is how you deal with replay. So what kind of sparked this thought for me was that Al Riveron was brought back as the chief officiator of the NFL. I, I don't actually know what the, his actual f- fucking title is. Anyways, it's not the point. So it is the point. So last year was his first year. That also coincided with New York, the New York office, making the final decision on all the replay calls. So that meant that Al Riveron had the final call on all of those calls, on all of those replays. And why that matters is because that decision was made when Dean Blandino was supposed to take over as the head of officiating of the NFL. And Blandino had spent three years in the command center prepping for this, and he'd been in the replay department for 10 years. So the idea was Blandino would become... The next head of NFL officiating, he would make these calls because that's what he does. But then he left for Fox Sports, which apparently if if you're a head officiate like a head official, him and Pereira, you go to Fox Sports. Apparently Fox Sports is paying you a gajillion dollars to give, you know. Like how often did you see Pereira in a fucking game? You see him like for two seconds during replays. So They're like, hey Pereira, what do you think? And he's like, Yeah, this should probably be a catch. And then it's totally opposite because Riveron doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. So this is this is why this has to be changed. Riveron should not be the person making the final calls on replay. He does have a person that assists him. His name is Russell York, and he is the vice president of replay. And those two are supposed to be kind of the team. But this year, replays, they I, I don't even have stats, but I'm saying they took longer. Especially because they're getting confirmation from New York and everything, and they seem to have gone the way away from disputable evidence to overturn a play. And now I might just be a salty Bills fan, but I can tell you in Week 16 that there was a catch where Calvin Benjamin against the Patriots made right before halftime in the back of the end zone, where he caught the ball, dragged his toes, and it was called a catch on the field. And then we have a 20-minute replay where we have to look at it over and over, and CBS is stitching together like six angles on the screen at once so we can see every angle, and we can see his toes are in because that fucking stupid black shit from the turf is flying everywhere, and the ball is not moving, he has it cradled, and he's falling to the ground with it, and then 20 minutes later, guess what? The call is overturned. It makes no sense. There's no disputable evidence. It is not clear and obvious that that call should be overturned, and I think it's just because Riveron doesn't, have this and blandino and Pereira on on Fox are like uh, that makes no sense and they're calling them out for this Riveron should not be the person making this call he can be the head of NFL officiating even though NFL officiating had a garbage year in my opinion they're all full-time officials the first time this year and I don't think any of the officiating got better unless you're a Patriots fan then it did get better but otherwise i, I you keep him but he can't be the person making these calls that has to change there should be uh, just a designated person there shouldn't be a vice president of replay there should be a replay dude he should be the replay dude that should be his title and he should be making the final calls and then there should be something league wise memo sent out that said we're going with our undis- undisputed evidence or yeah there's undisputed evidence and that's when a call is overturned when we have just dis- evidence if it's if it's inconclusive, that's the fucking word I'm looking for, it'll not be overturned because that is not what happened this year. And, again, it's confusing to fans. It is not – it makes no sense to fans, and again, unless you're a Patriots fan because then you're getting all the calls and that all makes sense. But to everyone else in the NFL, it doesn't make any sense. And Like, in the past, there's been calls where, you know – I've seen there's a challenge and it gets overturned and I can I'm like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. You know, he stepped out of bounds or the ball didn't move. Even on that that Des Bryant play I was talking about when we were talking about the catching, Des Bryant clearly the ball moves when he hits the ground. It's just the rule was dumb. That all makes sense. The way they did it this year does not make sense. So that needs they need to nip that in the bud now. Keep Al River on for another year. Hopefully the officiating gets better. He should not be making those calls. That should be a different person. They need to get a different person. NFL, the ball is in your court. Get a different person who goes by the right rules of clear and obvious, inconclusive evidence, and make it simpler for everyone so everyone can understand. Don't wait five years on this. All right. So now, now I'm just going to get angrier because this last thing is the stupidest thing that the NFL has said over the past week. Oh, deep breaths because now we're going to rage. NFL and the NFLPA put out an article or put out a memo or put out a report or whatever saying that the NFL or they followed the Panthers followed the concussion protocol when Cam Newton got hit by someone on the Saints in week 15 or 16 or 17 somewhere late in the season and that's fine you got it right Congratulations, NFL. You got a concussion protocol right. Wow. Fantastic. You you didn't put someone in danger. But the things there were quotes in these from these people in the NFL that I'm gonna read in this another article from ESPN. And this was from the NFL vice vice president. And his quote is, he quotes, quote, This highlights the challenge that reporters and commentators have needing to immediately draw conclusions without any of the facts. This is a lesson for all of you. You jump to conclusions at your own peril. That one's not too bad. (laughs) End quote. That one's not too bad. That makes me a little upset, and I'm going to tell you why in a second. This is the quote that really makes me mad, and this is from NFL chief doctor who somehow still has a job when you have probably the highest death rate of any early death rate of any sport, Alan Sills. Quote, this points out something important that armchair doctors at home cannot make concussion diagnosis on video alone. I think this shows how irresponsible people can be in offering opinion without facts End quote. Now I'm going to do a recreation of a highlight of, that happened in the NFL this season. It goes a little something like this. This is Jim Nance here. Uh, Tony Romo, what do you think is gonna happen on this next play? Well, Jim, I think Tom Savage is gonna drop back and he's gonna die. He's gonna he's gonna die, Tony. Yeah, Jim, he's gonna die. All right, all right, let's see how this plays out. And Tom Savage drops back. Oh, he's hit hard. And he, he's convulsing on the field. He might actually be dead. Tony, how did you know this? I I, I call all these plays, Jim. Have you not been here for the entire season? That's true. Uh, he's still convulsing on the field. And then we fast forward to the next Texans drive. Is Tom Savage coming back on the field? I, I actually thought he was dead. This actually happened. The dude was on the field and convulsing. Like having a seizure on the field and he came out for the next drive. So you cannot not tell me by video alone, because looking at that video or hearing that great reproduction of the news of the radio call, that he <laughs> doesn't have a concussion. You got one situation right, but you have been shitty at concussions. Like, every week, someone's like, oh, that guy went back out on the field of concussion because they didn't follow the protocol. The NFL and the teams need to get together and figure out this fucking concussion protocol because it is hot garbage. It catches, like, maybe 50%, half the people that have a concussion. And if it's not catching the Tom Savage case, it's not catching a lot because – Again, that dude was convulsing on the fucking field. And I'm sorry, if he's convulsing on the field, I'm a better armchair doctor than Alan Sills is just a regular doctor. So don't give these bullshit quotes where you think you're all high and mighty because you got one thing right. Because you fucked up so many things when it comes to concussions. Jeez, that is, those are some bullshit quotes. I will jump to my conclusions at my own peril because that guy almost died. He he could have died. Like, and then he went back out and he played the next drive. Oh, God, that's so dumb. That's so dumb, man. Alan Sills, they shouldn't let you talk to reporters anymore. That's for sure. So, NFL, don't wait. Don't wait. That's that's what I'm just trying to tell you. Don't wait to fix your shit. I'm glad you're fixing the catch rule, but you gotta look at replays and you gotta look at the concussion protocol. And you gotta fix it to fix it quicker. It can't wait five years. Can't. And that's it today for Sportball Talk, brought to you by E&E Sports Club. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you agree. Maybe you disagree. You can leave comments. You can you can comment below. Just let me know.